The following is a paid program and does not necessarily reflect the opinions of the staff or management of visionary-related entertainment. Aloha Maui Nui. Hello, this is Josh Porter. And Brian Thomas. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. We will have Jason Vericott on shortly. Uh, this is going to be a good show today. It is episode 165 with Ren Westcote of Long Road Energy. This is the largest IPP independent power provider in Hawaii today. Recently won, uh, was awarded RFP phase two, two projects, one in Oahu for 120 megawatts AC and one in Maui called Pulehu for 40 megawatts AC. So these are the big boys of the big boys here in Maui and Hawaii, and uh, it's great to get to know them. Ren's a really good guy from Molokai. What do you think about that, Brian? He's from Molokai. That's interesting, actually. Grew up in Molokai, was a, a, board, a boarding student, I think he said, in the Kamehameha school system, and has lived in Oahu uh, since, and been working in the renewable energy industry for well over a decade. In fact, has a background in the wind farms, which we're familiar with, uh, first wind farms up here in Motlaya, uh, near Motlaya. That's pretty cool. And speaking of Molokai, Josh, uh, I congratulate you on your, your Zoom background there, uh, virtual background. Um, <laughs> that, that's actually my backyard too. So we both have the same view of our backyards. And <laughs> if the podcast people can't see it, but if you're on the video, uh, that island behind, behind that bluff, that is Molokai right there. So. Uh, uh, it, it is exactly, and uh, and it's something that uh, you see from time to time. Obviously, when you're out doing the beer can races, I see your background is not too shabby either. Is that uh, is is that your baby right there? Yeah, and that, that's us racing. Lanai is the island on the left. You can see in the left right there, and then Molokai would be on the right. So we're racing down the uh, the Pilolo Channel. <laughs> Two of the best uh, backgrounds in the Zoom world. All right. Well, let's jump right right into it uh, and we'll do our housekeeping and we'll head over and talk about some of the cool things happening in the renewable energy world today. So aloha, folks. This is the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. It can be found Fridays at 1.05 p.m. on Ka'oi, 11.10 a.m. Also some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Brian, you want to take a shot at the website? I will give a shot. Uh, www.solar-coaster.com. Uh, like and subscribe. You can listen live to our shows that we have, uh, streaming live, cool graphics and videos. And we've got all the top people in the business, oftentimes the technology, explaining it in a long format, which is very valuable. You can go listen to past episodes. Um, sign up for our mailing list. We're on various podcast sources, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Find yeah, us on yeah. there, Solar-Coaster. You can, you can say, hey, Siri, play podcast Solar Coaster or hey, Google. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Brian. All right. And then we also have uh, some great sponsors that have helped keep the Solar Coaster moving down the road for uh, well over three years now. Hard to believe, 165 episodes. The Maui Office of Economic Development, Kama Aina First Program and Focus on the uh, uh, on the Kamaaina on the local citizens that are here now, and I think there's some really nice opportunities. People are out there doing all kinds of activities at a discounted price, whether it's going to Molokini when there's not a thousand people there, or whether it's 
you know, getting some services like uh, one of our former sponsors, Enduro Shield. He's on the Comma Ina First program. That's Gary Dolberg. I'll give him a shout out again. And there's discounts galore. So it's a wonderful way to kind of, uh, you know, help our community and also, you know, get some great value. Uh, that's the Comma Ina First program. We also have Fairwinds Wealth Management. That's Brian Thomas right here. Uh, Brian is a great guy to talk to and get to know uh, and learn about uh, how to navigate these, uh, I, I'll call it volatile markets uh, that were, were volatile days that we're living in, in the financial markets. Really uh, insightful fella. And we'll have his contact information. We'll might as well give it right now. Uh, 808-873-3247. There you go. And we'll learn more from Brian momentarily. We also have Sundrum Solar. Sundrum is just about wrapping up one of the largest PVT, that's uh, PV photovoltaic T thermal PVT projects in Hawaii. The first one of scale on a brewery to create process water to create, to make more beer, which is very cool. The notion of being able to take PVT and deploy that in a way that uh, creates additional value. It reduces the amount of spend on propane, which is substantially a substantial number, substantial contribution to utility costs out here. So we're going to be seeing that project, doing some videography. We're going to be publishing audio uh, uh, kind of shows about that. And, 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 and we'll talk to some of the decision makers that went ahead with pretty substantial project over here. That's Sundrum Solar, great company. All right, let's jump over to news and events. Brian, what is going on in the financial markets uh, this last week? Well, uh, again, the markets are kind of still marching higher, and we see uh, unemployment starting to tick back up again. So it's a little bit of a precarious point right here. And as we see with reopening, we knew that there were going to be more uh, risks and more cases, but it's actually occurring in in California and Florida and stuff at a pretty high rate. So, you know, I, I don't envy those that have to make the decisions. Uh, they're tough decisions. And shutting down California restaurants and bars was a pretty big thing the other day. And I mean, I just can't imagine the small business owner that had to order food again and now is shut down. You know, I mean, so tough. Um, so tough. Yeah, these are interesting times. And so, uh, <laughs> regarding the markets, the markets are still marching higher, and they're disconnected a little bit because of the Fed money uh, flowing into the economy and the government money flowing into the economy, keeping workers alive. So you'll often hear um, on the news or financial reporting to talk about monetary stimulus, right? Monetary stimulus is the Fed putting money into it. When they talk about fiscal stimulus, that's that's the government, the Treasury, putting money into the economy, right? So. Just to help clarify that message. Um, I didn't know that. Monetary, I'm sorry, monetary was uh, the Fed or the Fed. the Fed and fiscal yeah. was the government. Is that right? Yeah. And, and those words are thrown out every single day in the financial media. So I think it's important to clarify what those two words mean. And, um, you know, we've talked about in the past about ESG investing, environmental, social governance. That hasn't gone away and it's still valid and it's still is receiving funds coming into it and specifically not a recommendation uh but you know you you know it but tan is the ticker symbol for an etf exchange traded fund uh it trades all day long on the stock exchange and this is one tan is solar stocks and that etf just made a, a new high all-time high uh on wednesday the 7th and it's almost making a new high again today and 
it's comprised of Solar Edge is one of the big stocks, and that's a very powerful stock. And um, you know, Enphase took a little hit, but it's starting to march back here. So clearly, money is going into that sector, and and that shows you that. So not a recommendation. Past performance not indicative of future performance, um, but it is receiving funds flowing into it. Um, Another thing, Josh, we, we've never really talked about it, but uh, I think it's important conceptually to, and again, this is not a recommendation, but with the Fed printing money, sending it into the economy um, to stimulate and to keep things moving and keep things intact, they are printing money. And other central banks around the world are likewise printing money. They kind of have the green light to do so because inflation is low, right? And if inflation is low, that gives them the ability to press and put the pedal to the metal and put money, pump money into the economy. So with that money coming in, dollars are being created. And in a conceptual manner, if you have dollars, they're being diluted because they're making more of them. You could own something that isn't easily produced that they can't easily make more of, and that's precious metals. So silver, gold, uh, and there's ETFs, again, exchange-traded funds, that you can own a basket of those commodities or the miners that mine those commodities. And because they can't make more gold or silver that easy, those have the ability to preserve your purchasing power. Real quick, talk about the things within our control. We can control and we have the ability to control how much we pay for electricity today. And that's a pretty important thing to, to our energy uh, to have under our control. Other things, we could plant food and have some control over our food cost. Healthcare costs is something that is not within our control that much, and maybe it will be, and that's um, one of the reasons why healthcare is messed up, because the providers, no one knows how much anybody pays for anything. So, uh, but anyways, as this is a renewable energy show, that specific value of controlling the energy, your cost of energy, is an important part of your overall sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. I really agree. And I think our show today is going to uh, touch on that in, in a broad way because these large utility scale projects, which, by the way, are, um, I would say, uh, nationally recognized. This is, uh, this is known across the country and even the world that these major milestones are being um, kind of uh, started. We're going after and just beginning these kind of major projects and hitting the initial milestones of them. And this gets us to sometimes as much as 50, 60, 70% renewables. We get very far down the road with this RFP phase two. And the thing that's interesting about it is that people that got solar in Hawaii, although we've got a great per, uh, percentage adoption rate, you know, it isn't everybody. Not everybody owns their own home. Not everybody had tax credits in the beginning of this game. Not everybody had the ability to go ahead and put in a $30,000, $50,000 solar system. But if things go right, these utility scale systems can create less, uh, I would say, loss of wealth and greater stability in the long term. And when I say long term, I mean generational. We're talking 30 probably 40 years. A lot of these contracts are written on a 25, 30 year basis, but these systems could easily be 30, 40 years uh, out. And that is a big deal. We could be reducing our loss, our, our loss of money through 
through, uh, you know, petrodollars effectively, which I, I'm genuinely excited about. I think it's a way to really preserve wealth, uh, you know, and uh, so that's something that you focus on a lot. What do you think? Is that, is that an area that, that you think has real stock, has real opportunity to support people? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like what there's just something very cool about harnessing energy from the sun, which is always up there. You know, it just, it's, it's just, it's cool. Now it actually happens to be economical. Now it happens to be more relevant to secure uh, your own and for us to do it as an island. Okay, so here's Jay. We got Jay on the line. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Good morning from Osaka. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, I'm glad we could grab you uh, this morning and get you to cover a couple of these uh, interesting news and events uh, in our uh, in the renewable energy world. I know we want to talk a little bit about what's going on. Uh, across the globe and nationally. Which one would you like to start with, Jay? Uh, right away, I want to talk about Shell. Um, I, I want to say Shell New Energy, but it's not. Um, Shell Energy um, Retail is a large arm of Shell. Everybody knows Shell as an, as an oil company, but Shell Energy uh, is a larger umbrella company that um, deals with all forms of energy, and they've recently been doing making a lot of moves. They acquired Sonnen. You no, know, Sonnen was a former uh, sponsor of the Solar Coaster, um, based out of Germany. They make wonderful um, home battery systems, and those are the ones that that um, use a kind of different chemistry, battery chemistry that we're really jazzed about. That just has the potential to last a lot longer. Well, obviously, obviously Shell took note of these people, um, bought Sonin outright last year, and has now just come to market in the UK with a solar energy package that you can get, you put your battery in the home, but it's also going to be backed by Shell and allow you to get credit for the energy that you export back on the grid and keep that credit for the entire year and use it when your solar system is not generating enough. So it sounds a little like net energy metering, but it's a private solar coin thing, which is exactly what we've been saying is going to come forever. So you're going to have solar energy credit, solar energy money uh, freely available in the marketplace. Yeah, that is special. That really hasn't been done before, as far as we're aware. I mean, I know well, there's certainly not backed by a major energy company, like a, right. a name like Shell. The name alone, right, is something that's pretty special. And uh, the fellow that's in charge of this, we met him in um, in Salt Lake City over at uh, the at, it was at SPI, right, uh, mm-hmm. the New Energy Partners uh, lead. But but obviously, this is becoming a really key part of Shell's overall business. That's hundred and fifty dollar uh, cap, hundred and fifty pound. I, I just I just got um, information back from one of my my friends in the UK. I asked him flat out, like, what do you pay for electricity over there? Uh, and he said it's about eighty pounds. A month now he's he's an electronics guy like me so he uses a lot of soldering irons and things <laughs> but i mean I, I would expect him to be about average he's he's got a couple kids and um doesn't drive an electric vehicle yet so i expect that credit to last a couple months in the winter if you're not really generating anything at all um yeah that's that's i mean well it's like you said it's something that's pretty special because it's a private version of a of a, of a credit so it's something we haven't seen before. And I suppose it's 150 pounds, but I mean, it looks like if you were to generate that in the fall and then you could use it throughout the winter and then you generate it again in the spring, and you could use it throughout subsequent months. So it, it, we'd have to look at it more carefully, but it looks like it, it, it could be a, a very useful uh, tool for, for, for the deployment of solar of storage projects. And what's interesting is that I'm seeing more and more discussions of 
ways to incentivize and create uh, new reasons for people to get storage. So this is kind of one of those mechanisms. The Sunrun and Vivint uh, merger, they're talking about uh, ways to try to help to make storage work better for the country as well. So we're seeing all of this discussion about new ways to incentivize storage, new ways to make storage work for more people around the world. Uh, you know, and then of course, we're, this is probably going to start to move into the idea of, what was that term, Jay? It's um, value stacking. That was the term. Remember that? Yeah. Start to find new ways to make these batteries pay for themselves. Very good stuff. All right. I know we wanted to chat about one more thing going on with FERC, was it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so FERC is the federal um, electric regulator, <laughs> regulation organization. Um, they were petitioned. Um, I don't remember exactly when. I know it was early last year or even before. But uh, NRA is N-E. RA was a New Hampshire based um, 501C that um, was arguing that net metering in its current form, how it was run at least in New Hampshire, was overcompensating people who were making the electricity and sending their expenses to all the other ratepayers. So if you had solar, you were getting overcompensated and mm. paying off paying off your solar system very quickly, but basically making everybody else on the grid pay for it. <laughs> that was their argument. Um, and, and there is a little bit of that. I mean, I, do, I did understand what their argument was. The issue is as an incentive program, I think it was probably framed first well, but that's personally me. That's my personal opinion. Um, but the federal, the, the, but basically what they wanted, they wanted FERC to come in and take federal jurisdiction over net metering across at least 41 states um, where they said the overcompensation was happening. And basically they were turned down. Yeah. And I think this takes, has a, has a, a special flavor to Hawaii residents because we've already been through the process of losing net energy metering. We've seen a lot of this language before on a local level, where they talk about uh, this kind of transfer of costs uh, from the, the wealthy, is the way it was framed out here over the last few years in the different articles, transfer of wealth from costs rather from the wealthy to uh, other parts of the community. And that really, there's, there's a lot of uh, discussion about how that is inaccurate, that there's a, a variety of benefits that the grid enjoys from having distributed solar that are not being quantified. So when you look at this, I mean, it's obviously, I'm glad to see that this did not uh, succeed. Um, and I'm glad to see that local uh, states and utilities and public utility commissions can make their own decisions about net metering in terms of the value that it presents for their individual communities. I definitely don't like the idea of consolidating that um, decision-making with the feds. And it, I'll tell you what, it's run by this NARA, right? With NARA was the... Uh, the, the, that's, that's the new that's the new hampshire based organization that was yeah. that was making these claims in the petition and, and this smacks of utility backing all day long i mean that's just my <laughs> I, you know let's just call it what it is man i don't see the people that are being affected negatively supposedly in the grid getting together and lobbying because they've been disenfranchised by people putting a net metering system come on this is a this is a you know a veiled uh, collection of big big energy companies, in, in my view, under the guise of a nonprofit that, that tried to, you know, just consolidate uh, decision-making at, at the federal level, which is a terrible idea. So thank yeah. you. Well, at, at, the, at the end, a bipartisan um, group from, from, from a congressperson, congresspeople, um, sent a letter in to FERC and said, no, 
Don't be ridiculous. We're not big brother, brothering this particular thing. <laughs> we're doing enough of that in other aspects yeah. of the economy right now. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's talk briefly, very briefly about what's going on with Biden. Uh, he, this is a utility dive article. He outlines a $2 trillion plan to invest in renewables and electrification. And a big part of that is uh, electric vehicles. So uh, I'll just give the bullet points here, but it says sweeping investment would spur millions of jobs and the construction of energy efficient public housing and the installation of 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations. This would end carbon-based electric generation by 2035, uh, according to Biden. Now, I'm always wary of big sweeping plans, but I, I got to tell you, I think that the, uh, the electrification of Transpo and moving towards energy efficiencies in housing, in this case, public housing, where the feds have some influence, I, I think it'd be hard for uh, the big government to mess this up. <laughs> I think it's so strong that if there's, uh, if there's, if there's support for these kinds of mechanisms, then it really, it can't be a bad thing. I don't know if you have any opinions on this one, Jay. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine that I, Mr. Biden is sitting around his coffee table in the evening outlining how to spend $2 trillion on electricity. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not him directly, but, he's, but there, there is a team there. And I, and I would like to see some kind of New Deal big plan for the transformation that we need to have happen. I mean, it's, this is not an easy thing to do. And we've kind of been lurching from, from one point to the next on this, on this curve. Um, you know that we, went, we did the math on air a number of, number of years ago. Um, but basically, we need to do, be doing like a hundred times the investment that we're actually doing. And a lot of it is coming from private folks, right? All these, these, everybody just getting their own solar system. Um, we're starting to see more um, utility scale projects now, especially in the state of Hawaii, finally. Uh, but there's still few and far between. And, and it incorporates, incorporates like a single digit percentage of the total electrical grid across the United States, yeah. let, let, let alone the world. So... Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need this type of investment uh, to see anybody actually assigning a number to it and trying to trying to to build a plan. I mean, that's a that's a positive, but let's let's see the entire plan and uh, and make some comments. Yeah, and then real real brief, and then we'll head over to our commercials. But uh, this, you know, some of the specifics: government-owned vehicle fleets would be electrified. That can be done, right? Rebates made available to help citizens trade in gasoline-powered cars. I believe that can be done as well. I mean, these are some very, uh, you know, some, some relatively specific uh, initiatives, some ideas that could be implemented. And I don't know, I like seeing them. I think we will get a hold of whatever kind of Green New Deal specifics they, uh, they, they spit out in the next uh, few weeks. And we'll get a chance to cover that too. Good stuff. I'm glad to hear some good, positive things. Let's jump over to our commercial break. We'll come right back with Ren Westoat from Long Road Energy. Kama'aina First is an exciting new program supported by the County of Maui Office of Economic Development to bring our local community together during this difficult time for businesses. To see all of the Maui County special offers, visit kama'ainafirst.com. Or if you're a local business owner, then share your great offer for free. Visit kama'ainafirst.com for a participant registration form. And join the Kama'aina First Facebook group to stay connected. Kama'aina First, locals supporting locals. 
Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Ren, welcome to the Solar Coaster. It is great to have you on. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Very welcome. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure to be here and hope we can, uh, I'm sure we'll have a good conversation. So is, uh, is it Ren Westcote? Do I, I don't have that written down in front That's of me. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Ren Westcote. Um, I am from, uh, by way of introduction, I am from Molokai. So I grew up on Molokai uh, and then uh, went to, uh, was a boarder at Kamehameha Schools. So kind of ever since then have lived uh, uh, either, you know, either was attending school uh, on mainland or have lived on Oahu. So I make my home on Oahu now in Manoa Valley. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, and have been working in renewable energy for about 13 years. Wow. What a background to be uh, from Molokai. So you're really a, a, um, a member of the Maui community from the beginning. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, I worked for, I started in energy working for UPC Wind, which then became First Wind. Uh, and so, and our first project was Kahiava Wind, uh, the first phase on Maui, uh, which was completed, I believe, in 2005. Uh, the project went online, and that was First Wind's very first project. Interesting. Wow. So, okay. So, for the, uh, I'm very interested to hear about your background. So, we can jump right back into that. But I, mean, I do want to set the stage for this appropriately. So, we're talking with you uh, as a representative, as an employee of Long Road Energy. Uh, because the, you've successfully won the bid, as I understand it, for RFP Phase 2, part of that project that you've won, or one of the projects you've won is in Oahu. I think it's for 120 megawatts AC. And then the other one, uh, Pulehu, right, here in Maui for 40 megawatts AC. So to start out with, let me just say congratulations to Long Road Energy. That's not an easy task. I know you guys are big boys that do a lot of amazing projects around the world, north of the gigawatt portfolio. But I mean, that's a wonderful thing that you've, you've achieved already. So give us a sense of who Long Road Energy is and um, how you fit into that puzzle and kind of what's going on at the stage of the game. Sure. So, so Long Road Energy, um, as I mentioned, was first win. So we've been working in Hawaii uh, since 2005, before 2005, um, and have developed uh, four wind projects in Hawaii. So two on Maui, two phases of Kahiava on Maui, and then two projects on Oahu, both wind projects on Oahu, Kahuku and Kualoa, and then went on to develop three of the large solar projects on Oahu that were uh, started in 2013, uh, eventually completed last year, and, and uh, that's uh, Kualoa, Waipio, and Mililani Solar. Um, and so that's about 110, 112 megawatts AC of solar and about 150 megawatts of wind. So altogether, the long road, um, you know, as first wind really developed about half of these wind and solar that are operating today in the state. So, uh, so the, the last two rounds of the Hawaiian Electric RFP have generally been solar focused, solar and solar plus storage. So that's been a change. I think, you know, early on, wind was more, it was, it was basically just more affordable. Uh, if you can find a great location for wind with a high and consistent wind resource, 
uh, wind is going to be better. Um, it's just going to be more efficient, uh, but it's also, you know, per megawatt, if you take that away, it's more expensive to install. So as prices for PV panels and, and associate equipment have come down, the market's really turned more towards solar development from mm -hmm. wind. Um, and also, you know, the, the, you know, the more wind projects go in, the more people are aware. And, you know, I think there's certainly been wind projects, you know, again, like any project, there are good sites and bad sites. And sometimes a bad site means the impacts on community are, are, are much larger. And so, you know, the, there's more concerns, I think, for wind um, from residents than from solar, just because mm -hmm. of, you can see them from further away, you can see the wind turbines. I love wind turbines, but that's, you know, that's a, that's a <laughs> subjective view, right? Some people don't want to look at wind turbines. So, so there are, you know, there's certainly some pushback for wind projects. And so there's kind of, we've seen an evolution in the, in the Hawaii marketplace. Um, on the upside, when you look at renewable energy in general, uh, Hawaiian Electric has been really, um, really moving forward aggressively now uh, to, to acquire more renewable energy projects. So if it seems like they're just solar projects everywhere and they're talking about this, that's, there are, I mean, they're really, uh, there's been a lot of interest in it. Um, and there's a dual benefit. You know, not only is, are you replacing brown power with green power and reducing our uh, greenhouse gas emissions and improving our um you know reducing our impact on climate change you know shifting to clean energy but for folks in hawaii you know we pay some of the highest utility rates in the nation oil burning plants where we burn oil 24 7 to solar we're we're also saving money so the the price is coming down it's just a dual benefit for folks who live in hawaii that's not always the case there are places in the mainland where moving from natural gas to solar you're gonna it's gonna cost more uh so right. we are in a enviable position that, that there, there really is no you know no reason why we shouldn't be pursuing renewable energy and i think there's a lot of momentum now so if folks on maui especially you know you're hearing about this project or that project it's hard to even tell them apart um the good news is you know they're all really taking us in, in the right direction yeah yeah the uh it's interesting that I think from the perspective of Hawaii, because we've always enjoyed that dual benefit, uh, it's, it's kind of surprising to people sometimes that, that communities might have to make the choice to pay extra for green energy, if I can just call it green. Uh, it, it, I think that's a surprising uh, reality. So of course, we're in a situation where it, it, there's, there's multi-benefits. Um, you know, I, I'd like to learn a little bit more about Long Road. I think it's interesting, uh, they're based in the East Coast in Boston, mm -hmm. have offices throughout the country. But a lot of projects, and, and you got a great video, by the way, on your website of aerial photography of projects. And just like you said, you know, when you see a windmill, you think they're beautiful. When I see a windmill or a solar farm, I feel the same way. I, I think, oh, that's such a beautiful thing. Because to me, it represents a reduction in carbon. It, it represents movement uh, towards our clean energy goals as a state or as an individual or a community or a country. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I see, I see so much in that. I also see kind of what's, what, it take, what it took to build those things, and I find them quite courageous, you know. So it's a great video. People should check that out. They can see all the amazing projects. Uh, there's some really large projects, too, some of the largest uh, that I've ever seen. And uh, so give us a, just an overview of, you know, what these two new projects look like. I know you've got one in Maui and one in, um, in Oahu to add to your yep. existing portfolio. Sure. So the two projects that we um, were selected for by HECO, and this was just in May, so um, we're really just sort of, we're at the early phase of development of both projects. 
the two projects um, on uh, Oahu, it's Mahi Solar, which is a 120 megawatt AC project. It's about 160 megawatts DC for solar folks. You know, a lot of solar folks live in the DC world, but once you're at the utility scale, the utility talks in terms of AC, so um, it's 120 megawatts AC. Uh, it will be double the largest solar project in Hawaii by size if it's, you know, when it's eventually completed. Wow. The, um, the uh, uh, project on um, Maui is called Pulehu Solar. Um, it's located in uh, Pulehu Nui. It is uh, downhill from Kula, um, uh, below, sort of below the Kula Ag Park but on the Makai side of the road, so on the Makai side of Pulehu Road, so folks that um, head up toward, um, uh, use Pulehu Road to head up toward Kula, it's, it will be on the right-hand side as you're headed uphill. Um, and Haleakala Ranch land, it is um, currently that land, it's, it's uh, you know, Mauka of, you can sort of see where the uh, sugarcane fields ended, sort of that's where the edge of Mahipono, and then you move up to Haleakala Ranch property. Yeah. Um, it's on that parcel there. That just that one parcels over a thousand acres, and this solar project's about three hundred and sixty acres um, of that. Um, so that's that's where it's located, um, which is one of the things people are most uh, interested in. The this area, I mean, it's probably not surprising, right? Low rainfall, lot of sun, so an excellent um, uh, project in that you know for that reason, a great solar resource. Uh, we also have the benefit of a fairly new transmission line. Uh, which is constructed along Pulehu Road with steel poles, and we're going to be installing the uh, substation um, near the the sort of the lower corner of that property. There's a gate there, and that's where the if people are really familiar, that's where the um, where the poles uh, are on the the Makai side of the road. Uh, that's right where before it crosses over the road. That's where we'll be um, installing the project. So before the inter before you get to the intersection, again headed uphill the Kula Meadows intersection, Opalipali Road. Uh, it's Makai of that, uh, downhill of that. So that's Got the location. Um, it's, it's a great uh, location. And, you know, just mentioning Haleakala Ranch, just a great partner in terms of a landowner. Um, they are doing so much with their lands in terms of um, uh, conservation and agriculture. And, you know, their lands are in a lot of different, um, and now energy. You know, they have, they have so many different, um, uh, uh, microclimates on their property with different uh, different um, values in terms of uh, where can they do productive ranching, where can they do productive agriculture, you know, where can they focus on conservation efforts, and just a really, um, you know, we feel they're just a really uh, great partner to work with. So on this land where the solar project is planned, very low rainfall, so they used it for they use it for ro what they call rotational grazing. You know, and to me that means if it ever rains <laughs> and the grass grows, they're bringing cattle, you know, to, to, to uh, munch on the grass for a few weeks and then take them off again when the forage is depleted. So um, rotational grazing there. Um, and really, so we really, really won't have an effect on their current operations using this land for solar. They also have another um, on the uh, South Maui end of their property. Uh, there's Kamaole Solar, which is another one of the phase two projects. Um, if, I don't know if you've spoken to them yet, but that's mm -hmm. also on Halekala Ranch land. So um, a really kind of a neat approach by the landowner looking at lands that are, you know, what lands are developable and best used for what uses. And so uh, this, you know, this Pulehu Solar is Long Roads project, not to be confused with Payahu Solar, which yeah. is an Interjects project. Um, 
and and so that you know I think there's uh, Maui uh, or the AES project whose name escapes me um, and, yeah, and then Interjex has another project so there, there are several projects being developed in the last two phases um, and while it may seem a little bit uh, chaotic um, I think the benefit for Maui residents is they are going to be seeing a lot more solar energy on the system which means two things number one the energy charge that on your bill is going to go down they're retiring hiko um, is required to close the kahului power plant in the next two years so they're going to be replacing that with all energy from solar plus storage so really exciting and and that's going to have an impact on people's the energy charge on your bill uh, because the solar is not only going to be a lower cost um, you're looking at, um, you know, somewhere in the nine cent range um, with including the tax credits down in the seven cent range, including the state mm -hmm. tax credit. So that's a big difference, but also the stability. These are fixed price solar contracts, so they don't go up and down with avoided costs. They don't go up and down with the you know change in um, fuel prices. So uh, a really a benefit there to to Mau anyone who is a, a Miko customer on Maui. That's great. There's okay. So you covered a lot of information there, and I think that um, yeah, you're gonna have to tell me to stop. I guess no, it's stop. great. It's great. <laughs> I was taking it all in, and I think we can dig in some more. So we have a 40 megawatt AC uh, solar system we're talking about here in Maui, and uh, AC for the sake of our listeners, when we when we talk about solar modules, we, we talk in DC. We talk about overall system size that 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 how much energy is is generated and fed into the system. We tend to talk in AC. So, you know, um, it's a large project. You just mentioned a few hundred uh, acres, 363 acres, I think, on a thousand yep. acre uh, a parcel of Haleakala Ranch. And then you started to get into some of the uh, benefits, which is obviously where most people are going to be uh, interested, right? You know, they, when I say they, I mean our community, yours as well. You're from Molokai, you know, that's, that's wonderful. So, I, you know, you, you hit on that right away. People want to understand how this is going to impact them. One of the things, so you mentioned reduced uh, uh, charges in specific sections of the electric bill. Uh, and I think that that is really, um, you know, very likely moving forward. It's hard to quantify, you know, people, they look at their bill and they say, well, I've got a $300 bill. I've got a $400 bill. It's not uncommon, right? In Maui yep. to have a $500 electric bill, very common. And of course there's ability for people to get access to solar themselves these days, which is very positive for the overall shift, right? So it's easier for the individuals to get access. But understanding what that reduction might be can be a little difficult, you know, I think from the individual's perspective. I noticed on your website that in addition, in addition to talking about reduced energy charges, that you talk a little bit about tax benefits for the community, about, uh, you know, for example, general excise tax, you talk about employment, you talk about all these different broader spectrum benefits to deploying a solar system of this scale. And I got to tell you, I, 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 it was very specific in Long Road Energy's website, which I appreciated because I hadn't seen it quite quantified so specifically before. So have you got a sense of some of those benefits or even just the main topic points of benefits for the community? Mm -hmm. Well, in addition to the clean energy, which we talked about, and the reduced cost, um, uh, the, the way, you know, this is... Unfortunately, solar, the folks that took the earliest advantage of the solar program are generally people that had the tax, you know, the t ability to write off, the, you know, the taxes, um, yep. the tax appetite, and that had roof space and that owned their homes. Right. So 
I think a lot of folks who did not, you know, were not on that early bandwagon, you know, to my view, and, and may still not have PV on their house. And, and Maui has, you know, a, a fantastic, um, high percentage of people that have PV on their homes. But a lot of people don't own their homes or they don't or haven't been able to take advantage of that. These PV systems are solar for everybody else. You know, these, these serve everybody and they're, they're lower costs. They are, um, they go right to the grid. So every home, every business is getting the advantage of this. So one of the things I look at is if, if you don't feel like you're benefiting from PV yourself with these projects, you are, um, our projects is 40 megawatts, uh, is 40 megawatts. There's another 15 within round two and there's another, um, there's, a, there's, uh, all the other projects in, in round one as well, um, they're gonna be you know, a couple hundred megawatts of solar um, now, um, and, and with the wind, everyone is benefiting from these. So that's, that's one of the benefits. Um, other specific benefits are the, um, the during the construction, uh, our project is going to probably hire about 150 people. Uh, we try to work with our contractors to hire local residents as much as possible. So um, uh, some people mentioned on the, um, the, during the meeting last night uh, to, that we should connect with Maui Community College that yeah. now has a course in solar, you know, PV instruction and yeah. uh, installation. And so we're going to do that. Um, I think we want to do as much as we can. We're also working with the uh, Hawaii State Energy Office. They have, they're taking on a larger role about how to um, um, do, you know, prepare the local workforce to, for, for the, some of these opportunities. You know, there's going to be, there are going to be, there's going to be, you know, over a gigawatt of solar being installed over the next several years. And we want to make sure that, um, I mean, that could be really become a specialty for it, um, the local it workforce. Is. It yep. is. And it's really wonderful to hear you say that, you know, when we think about Maui and, and Hawaii, I think about, um, you know, these opportunities to diversify the economy. And this is, renewable energy is clearly one of the major pillars in that reach towards diversifying the economy. I don't want to say away from uh, tourism, but as a strong complement to tourism, however, it becomes kind of redefined, you know, and then at this period that we're in, you know, Maui County, I mean, just to be very direct, is in major crisis uh, economically at the moment, obviously with the COVID-19 crisis. And um, so, you know, we're talking philosophically about the idea of diversifying our economy in different ways. Of course, agriculture is a discussion point, and there are some other areas that I think are very interesting. Uh, but renewables, that's where we're, we're seeing deployment of funds. We're seeing commitment in the billions. I just did a show with Mr. Jim Kelly, the VP of Corporate Relations at Hawaiian Electric, and he quoted about $4 billion of investment in this RFP phase two, 16 new projects, 29 projects under, uh, under management presently. I mean, this is really a spectacular you know, injection of, 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 of not only um, money, but vision and opportunity. So when you say you're working with uh, Maui College to get people that are in those tracks of renewable energies into your projects, that is so important. And I know I'm, I'm talking to a guy from Molokai, so I know you know that. <laughs> but yeah, how yeah, wonderful yeah. is that? So key. Yeah. And, and to be clear, we, we have not, we're not working with them yet, but, but we, um, this idea just came to us last night. And so I'm going to reach awesome. out and, and, uh, and uh, start that conversation because that could really be, um, it's, just a, it's just a win. And when you think of how constricted the economy has been over the last several months, 
renewable energy offers one of the few sort of bright spots in that it's sort of independent of the pandemic. Now, yeah, that's not yeah. to say that certain, you know, certain things that we need to do, activities are not um, uh, being affected, right? We're mm -hmm. trying to get um, a company over here to install our solar monitoring systems uh, that we need for each project site. They're located in, you know, on the continent. They can't get over here yet because of quarantine and yep. you don't want to have them stay in a hotel for two weeks before they go out and do their work. So, yep. um, so you know, that's, that does affect it. But in general, I think the projects can move forward um, and that investment can come into the state with um, no matter what else is going on. So like you mentioned, good, a great way to diversify from what we're normally, what we're normally used to. Um, you asked about benefits and I totally mm -hmm. got sidetracked. Um, okay. But other benefits, when um, uh, besides jobs, uh, one of the things that we like we that we feel is important is working with um, local community organizations and members in the community um, to to look at a project and where it's located and say, hey, how, how does this project become a good uh, contributing member of our community? Um, and that community could be very local. It could be an area, it could be a district, could be a whole island or a state. Um, we, for each of our projects, and we've done this since Kahiava, uh, we, we try to talk to people and learn what's important to that community and how can our project best support, uh, because a project, an energy project's a new business. It's, it's like, you sort of think of it like a startup. Right, each energy project is really its own business, its own location, its own LLC, its own. You know, yep. you get a contract for your power. That's one customer. That's Hawaiian Electric. Um, you have a community you're working in. You have all people you hire. I mean, it's really its own business. And so, when we start a project, we look at the community and talk to people, residents in the area, uh, to find out what, how do we be a good corporate citizen, you know, or or good a good member of this community. Uh, what organizations should we join? What organizations should we support? Uh, for Kahiava, we um, supported uh, the, um, the a couple of the Na'alahele trails crossed over the site. Um, right. So we supported that organization. Uh, we had um, uh, you know several different organizations, and we did so many tours up to the wind farm site. You know, uh, to to student groups. We had canoe clubs, Girl Scouts, Napu uh, Noiau. Yeah. You know the um, Gifted and talented Native Hawaiian program. I, I've been up there with one, one of one of those groups with the Kaiyuki yeah. Fellowship, and yeah, that yeah. was a wonderful experience. Yeah. So just and and we hope to do that for the solar projects as well. So in every, I guess my, my point is, um, when we talk about sort of beyond, benefits beyond the energy and beyond the jobs, we each community is different, and so those benefits are different. On Maui, we were very interested. We talked with um, Maui Economic Development Board, and they have a program where they're educating students about the benefits of renewable energy. Yeah. So we said, okay, that is something we really think would be important to support. Um, so we are uh, we have an agreement with uh, MEDB where we're going to be supporting that program. But for every and somebody yesterday said, um, you know, mentioned the ahupua'a um, the ahupua'a signs, you know, which which sort of educate people about our traditional um, land divisions and and um, cultural practices. And so those are things that we want to make sure that support is relevant to the community that lives in that area. What's important? And so. Sometimes people talk about, hey, what's the benefit package? Um, there's no package. It really depends on what's important to that community. Mm -hmm. And so we, 
Um, we believe that's the right way to do it, to, to pursue, um, um, to develop these projects which have many benefits and share that with the community. So that's, that's kind of what we're looking for. So we're looking for ideas. Um, uh, one of the points I made, tried to make last night is that we, you know, we want questions, we want suggestions, we want ideas. Because um, every time we do a project, somebody will sit from the community will suggest something we've never thought of that makes the project better. And usually several things. Um, at the Kahuku Wind Farm, for example, uh, some residents said, hey, could you move the project a little further back from, you know, homes? We were about, I want to say we we're about 2,500 feet was the closest residence. Um, we moved back to 4,000 feet by, mm -hmm. you know, leasing a different parcel. Um, and we were able to relocate some of that. Um, we've had, in just in the discussions uh, we've had already for the Pulehu project, we've had uh, people suggest, is there a way you could relocate some of the facilities away from Pulehu Road? Because that's kind of the closest view people are gonna have um, of elements of the project. So could you move them back a little further from the road to reduce, I mean, if something's right on the road, it looks tall, right? If it's further back, it's gonna be a lot less, have a less visual impact. So that's, we've had some great ideas. Um, extra wide fire break. Obviously fires are a concern yeah. in a drier area of Maui especially. So that's something we already focused on, um, but great ideas about extra wide fire breaks, um, uh, understanding the sensitivity of that area and trying to mitigate fire risk. So just already we've had great ideas from the community, um, not just uh, from, community benefits, uh, but also from design. And so um, I wanna make sure that we, um, you share uh, an email address, aside from our website, uh, we have a webpage for the project, but also the email address, which I will forget later, so I'm gonna tell you now, it's pulehusolar at longroadenergy.com. Those emails will come to me and, and I'll respond to, um, respond to those as they come in. So happy to get more people's input. Fantastic. There's a lot of uh, very valuable points that were made in that uh, section there. I think the, the fact that you're reaching out and uh, looking to uh, take in information and feedback and ideas uh, from the local community. I love the, I love the, um, the notion of, of a solar farm as a business. And it very much is. I, I myself have developed some small solar farms in Maui. And, you know, they have a, a very long lifespan, right? Much like a, a successful business. And, you know, and it there's an arc to that. And a lot of people are involved and a lot of people are impacted and the land is impacted. And uh, so it's very interesting to hear, hear you describe it as that. I think it's a, a very accurate uh, way to look at it. So, uh, well, I, I want to thank you again for taking the time to join uh, the Solar Coaster. It's been great to get to know you, understand more about Long Road Energy, understand more about the Pulehu Solar Project, 40 megawatts AC, one of... 16 new projects that have been uh, awarded in RFP phase two for, uh, for, for, from the utility and to help get closer to our 100% renewable energy mandate. So, Ren, thank you for all the hard work you're doing. Hey, same here, Josh, and thank you for the work you're doing. This is great, uh, just a great forum and, and a real positive um, forum to get information on solar out to uh, folks on my way. We like doing it. We have a good time. All right. Thanks again. And uh, have a wonderful day. Aloha. Okay. Aloha. Jeff. All right. Well, that was Ren Westcote of Long Road Energy. Great guy from Molokai. And uh, yeah, just really enjoyed getting a chance to talk with him and better understand what Long Road Energy is all about. I did want to take a chance, uh, an opportunity right now to talk a little bit before the end of the show about uh, the state of the industry 
the resi industry primarily, but also commercial here in Hawaii, as per Mr. Marco Mangelsdorf. While we we're in the show, I received his email where he, he, he goes over the permit polls and he gives a, a kind of a barometer of the health of the industry at a given moment. And Marco's been doing this for a while over in Big Island and ProVision Solar. Uh, great guy. Uh, and so I'm on his mailing list and I just received this. Very interesting. January through June 2020, he says, he's a very eloquent fellow, that uh, despite lamentations of reported workforce reductions and financial hardships in the local solar industry, the number of PV system permits issued by Hawaii's four counties was up a healthy 40% over the first six months of this year, compared to the same time in 2019. Uh, while the percentage of systems, including energy storage, stayed steady at 75%. Pretty good uh, numbers right there. Some more specifics. Across the state, there were 3,028 PV permits issued uh, over the first half of 2020, compared to 2,161 last year. Uh, the county of Kauai lists, there's information on Oahu. I will tell you that Maui County was up the highest, uh, well, not the highest, but second highest at 49%, uh, 497 permits issued from 333 last time uh, this year. Uh, we also have uh, some good numbers here from the different companies that are, uh, that are doing very well in this space. Some of the uh, top ones, I'll just read off a couple of those. Revolusun, um, Alternate Energy, Vivint Solar, Hawaii Energy Connection, EcoSolar, Tesla, Sunrun, all uh, doing a significant amount of business uh, during this period of time. So very interesting to see uh, this uh, health of the industry. If you'd like to check this out, get uh, you can probably reach Marco on his, uh, his website. I believe it's um, ProVision uh, uh, Hawaii or PVTHawaii.com. You can check him out. He's got some great graphs there and a bunch of other uh, pieces of information. He does a heck of a job of showing us what the state of the industry is at a given moment. Okay, folks. Well, this has been the Solar Coaster. We really appreciate you tuning in today. And uh, we are sponsored by Sundrum Solar, Fairwinds Wealth Management, and the Maui Office of Economic Development, Kama'aina First Program. Please have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe out there. Aloha Friday.